Hi, I'm Sean McCambridge, Managing Director of Stellar Recruitment. Thanks for joining me on this journey to uncover the secrets of inspirational leaders. The reason I put this together is to share the unique journeys of these successful individuals and really unpack how they've achieved success and hopefully inspire others to do similar things. So thanks for tuning in and listening, and I hope you enjoy the series. Thanks for joining us here today as part of the Stellar Inspirational Leaders podcast series. Appreciate you coming along to share your story and share your journey. So by way of introduction, you're three-time Australian light middleweight champ, founder and owner of Cyclone Boxing here at West End, husband, father, and all-round good guy. So I really appreciate you joining us here today to share your journey in boxing and business. Hey, what an honour to uh, to be involved and invited to uh, sharing something special that you're creating, you know. We might start with going back to, I guess, the beginning, you know, and what was your earliest memory of boxing? What were your early impressions and emotions toward the, the sport? Talk us through that. Okay. Being about uh, nine or ten years old when a good friend and, and close relative of mine came home one day and, and said, mate, you know, you got to try this. Uh, got to try this out. It's boxing. You can uh, you can punch things and you run around. And get up a big sweat. I don't think he sold me on uh, definitely the features. It was definitely the benefits. <laughs> he was so uh, animated with it. Yeah, I went and took the plunge, and I guess I, I smelled the stench of the gloves. Uh, it was in a warehouse. It was fairly um, fairly old school, very bare necessities. But uh, but yeah, just enjoyed the exhaustion and the exhilaration at the same time of, uh, of, of punching and moving around and it was something that that we did to get fit in the off season you know, we, were, we were quite active with our footy and, and all those things back then so what that then obviously went on to become a very successful record in, in, in boxing with uh, 20 fights 18 victories and i'm told by good authority from our good friend april that uh, you never had uh, stitches to the face once in that in that uh, tenure as, as a professional fighter. So that's no mean feat considering some of your opponents and whatnot. Can you sort of share if, there, if there's a fight that really stood out that you felt like you're at your best and, and you were doing, you know, uh, you know, just a time when you really felt like you're in the moment, you're in the prime. Um, can you talk to us about that? And then I guess on the flip side, um, you know, what was the most challenging? moment or situation as a professional fighter because as everyone knows there's really nowhere to hide out there in the ring yeah, um, it's a fairly lonely and very accountable sport um, so yeah can you talk us through I guess you know any moment that really sticks out as, as a highlight and then maybe your most challenging moment okay mate I would say every fight is a, is a challenge you're always going in with the mindset that you need to and want to win in terms of a highlight, I would say all my Australian title fights were just a, uh, a cap on a very long process and, and, and hard work. My first Australian uh, title fight was against a uh, great gentleman by the name of uh, Andrew Sundance Gosden, and he came in prepared, and um, and, and so did I. But uh, that fight was uh, was quite challenging in terms of. Uh, well, I stunned him early and I thought I could finish it. And uh, well, he was prepared and, and he turned the fight around in the middle stages of, 
of the fight and really forced me to dig deep. So I learned uh, a couple of things there, mainly uh, patience and discipline uh, over a long period of time uh, in that fight. And that's been a, uh, a lesson that's echoed throughout my life in different forms. Also defense as well, you know, the ability to, uh, to worry about your de defense as well as your offense. So I made those adjustments uh, when I came back from my second and, and third tilt at the, uh, at the title. And, and yeah, it was much better off because of it. I would say most successful pro fighters go through a stint as an amateur. You know, and then I spent uh, uh, quite, a, quite a time in the amateurs, uh, ranked up uh, 45 or so fights as an amateur. And uh, that first one is always, um, you know, gut-wrenching and, and mind-boggling. For me, it was. And, and at the same time, because it was so uh, exciting and nervous, that kind of drew me to the sport as well, to, to want to conquer that, you know, to want to be calm under pressure and to want to handle those, uh, those butterflies. So, uh, so those sorts of things are challenging. And as you get better at it, you, uh, the challenges start to become, you know, little technical things and then they, uh, you know, they require uh, you to work on it over time. And, and that's a, uh, yeah, that's a personal challenge that uh that has really i don't know it attracted me when you when you for me personally whenever i fail at something it motivates like it just motivates me to go i want to i want to win at that yeah it's it's, it's funny you said it uh obviously and, and no comparison but uh for me when I've, I've i've only done two fights as you may know but each time the the, the anxiety uh the overthinking of what could happen have i done enough what's my opponent going to be like uh, what's it going to be like on the night but as soon as that passes and you sort of get through it there's almost an addictive component that you want to go back and challenge yourself and get better yeah. and that we go so on one hand it's it's kind of scary and, and there's an anxiety attached to it and there's fear because there's the unknown and and often a lack of control but then strangely enough when you get through that you want to do more of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's funny how that uh how that uh, bites you doesn't it um, because you know, I, I sort of thought I'd mix it up a little bit and, and integrate. I asked a couple of uh, young people that have been in your gym before uh, if they had any questions for Cyclone, as you're affectionately known, uh, your, your fight name. But uh, little Hunter, my five-year-old, asked me the question. Uh, I didn't know what was going to come out, and he, he said to ask you, "Do you ever get scared when you fight? You know, is there any fear?" Uh, and I think you maybe touched on a little bit about your first fight being gut-wrenching. Can you sort of, what, what would you say to young Hunter around that question? Yeah, for sure, mate, for sure. <laughs> One of the best boxing trainers ever, I believe, is a guy named Customato. And he always said the hero and the coward feel the same thing. You know, they feel the same fear. It's what they do with it. Fear is, uh, is there 100%. Yeah, it's just how you, how you hold it, how you use it to, to not be stunned in the moment. I, I think that's a fantastic quote. How do you use it as a fear, as a catalyst to perform as opposed to a debilitating emotion? Yes. I think just taking action. I think you can think through it. Well, in the boxing sense, it's about taking action. You can't, uh, you can't stop and think about it too much. It's all about taking action. And I think there are other areas in your life when you do have to stop, think your, uh, your way through it um, just that little bit more. So yeah, it becomes it becomes a balance, mate. It's a work in progress, but uh, just being able to identify that 
that it's debilitating you, what do you do? You know, all of that uh, fades once you've done the preparation and uh, you know you've tested yourself. You tested your metal. You know that uh, you can you can perform at a certain intensity. Uh, that you can go through a certain amount of conditioning uh, impact. Uh, that you can withstand it, and, you, and you're confident, uh, or I should say, self-assured mm. that um, that you can perform well. So. I think the fear at the start is much more different to the fear towards the end of my career where it was more fear of um, you know, building a following and then letting the fans down, mm-hmm. you know, not performing as, as well as you can. They're, they're not the same things that you fear. So fear is always there in different forms. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, definitely at the start, it's the unknown, fear of the unknown. So um, fear of getting hurt, fear yeah. of, uh, fear of I'm going to make myself look like a, a douchebag. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't want to be put on my butt. And yeah, that all transcends to now. I'm, I've got the goods. I've done the preparation. Uh, now it's about, uh, uh, yeah, the fear of performing well. And it's a good thing, I think. Fear is definitely um, a good and healthy thing as long as you um, uh, take action. Mm-hmm. Great answer. Obviously, further to your uh, very successful fight career, both amateur and professional, uh, you've now gone on to start your own business and it's become a very successful and well-regarded gym with a great following. When you sort of set out in your business journey, you know, what, what, was your, what was your vision on the point of difference? Boxing is now a very popular sport. There's some great gyms around Brisbane. You know, what, what was your vision about your point of difference with, with cyclone boxing? Mate, I think, um, well, it happened all... all organically I just think that there was a gap in the market for a real personalized boxing tuition and I mean boxing is just the vehicle the real end goal there is is about self-development and personal development and being a better version of yourself you know you could do it fishing you could do it uh, driving a car you could do it uh, doing any sport or any pursuit but um, my vehicle seems to be boxing and how did that play out in terms of your offering to your clients? Like, was there something different? I know you've chosen to keep a model where you can really influence the experience and the product yes. rather than scale. You, I mean, arguably you could have scaled yep. um, because you've got a great blueprint, but you decided to stay more niche and control the experience. Was that sort of part of the, the personalized experience? Well, yes, 100%. I think that there's an, uh, there's an abundance of, uh, of people looking to get fit. Uh, out there and uh, definitely uh, standing out in a point of difference is something that uh, has allowed me to stay in the industry this long you know, over 10 years now and really getting on a ground level I think is, is a point of difference people know that uh, you know I'm not necessarily uh, outsourcing a lot they get me and they get all of me yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that's a challenge for a lot of businesses right there's a lot of opportunity out there and, and the question is scale but getting that consistency of experience whether it's boxing or any other form of business is a challenge because yes. you, you got a good product yes the, the challenge is to maintain that quality of product with scale so well my for, for staying true to your vision mate so well done as you know uh, my young son jonty or devastator as he's known in the in, in the boxing ring has been coming to the gym as part of uh, father and son boxing sessions that we've done with yourself. How have you seen these sessions add value uh, to both kids and parents? What have you seen the byproduct of those sessions? Because I've really enjoyed it, as has, has Jonty. But what have you sort of witnessed? Oh, mate, it's, it's a really fulfilling, you know, parents and, and kids bond. I would like to think that my uh, training facilitates just another mode of communication. They say... 
I haven't got a scientific background, but uh, I've, uh, I know that uh, most of communication is done non-verbally. And, uh, and so it's a form of, of, of communicating trust, of communicating uh, you know, respect and discipline uh, between participants. Quite hard for a young kid to, uh, to keep their heart rate up uh, for an extended period of time and to see their, uh, their parents or their father go through it uh, with them and uh, you know, rather than just lecturing as, uh, as you can as I know that I can get into as a parent uh, when you're experiencing it uh, non-verbally and uh, working together there's an element of trust where uh, you're trusting your partners not to uh, hit you illegally mm-hmm. um, you're trusting that uh, you, you know your partner's going to either hold or work with you correctly uh, yeah that builds uh, builds those core uh, I think tenets of uh, both trust and respect and that's the biggest uh, thing that it communicates between uh, participants and especially uh, you know, parents and, and kids yeah well I mean uh, from from our perspective I know it's done wonders for Jonty's confidence um, and discipline and I think as a father it's been a great bonding experience. Not only the the, the lead up, the, the traveling to the, the boxing gym, talking about the session and, and what we want to do and challenge ourselves with. Uh, during the session, you know, you're pushing one another, um, uh, supporting one another, encouraging one another, challenging one another, which is cool. And then also there's the, the post uh, debrief. You know, we go for, for sushi. And sort of talk about the session and talk about how fun it was and, and you know, what our PBs were or, or what we can maybe get better at. And sort of sitting side by side on the car, it's, it's just not only is the time in the gym really fulfilling, but uh, it's just the, the bonding, the quality time with, with your son or, or your daughter, for that matter. Um, that's been really cool. So it's, it's been valuable to us as a family for a number of reasons. So, I, And I know, speaking to other parents who do similar things, I know that they share that. So I think you've got something really quite special with that, mate. So appreciate um, yeah, the experience you've given us in that regard. Yeah, thank you, mate. Just sort of segueing a little bit, uh, what's your take on the sport and why are you so passionate about the art or the, the beauty of boxing? long time ago, uh, boxing was about the, you know, the strongest uh, uh, brute beast wins. Mm. But uh, as it's evolved, like everything has evolved, you know, cars have evolved, mm. houses have evolved. Mm. Uh, most things that evolve get uh, get better over time, and and, it, and because of there's you know weight categories and mm. etc. involved as well, uh, uh, it's become more. Uh, you, yes, you need those uh, that brute strength, aggression, and, and fitness, uh, but you also need to be you know smart and mm. tactical as well. So it's a combination of all those things that uh, that I think really, in my mind, elevate uh, the sport. Uh, not only that, a lot of com- a lot of different combat sports have that same element as well. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I've always chosen it to be about a personal journey for me and, and overcoming personal limits, you know, uh, both mental and physical. So, uh, so that's also drawn me to the sport. But uh, a lot of high quality, um, experienced champions uh, these days are great guys in general, just because they they know what they're capable of. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of pressure in a ring. There's nowhere to hide. And for me, uh, I think it's helped me navigate pressure and deal with pressure, not only in the ring, but also away. Pressures that you face in, in life outside of the ring as well. So I think it's there's, there's some good parallels, whether it's 
strategy, preparation, uh, discipline, uh, courage, managing fear. But for me also, I think, you know, just that uh, learning to deal with pressure, and I think that gives you a sense of confidence when you're dealing with pressure in other environments. You can almost replicate that in a different capacity. Yeah, 100%, mate. I'm glad that you can find the parallel between that. And I think, you know, a lot of uh, people who do facilitate boxing classes should be relaying that concept that, you know, you can get through uh, most things in life if you, if you can get through this. I guess you've got a fortunate uh, situation. You've got so many different walks of life coming into your gym. Yes. So many different walks of life and some, some great people. Um, and you've seen some people that have achieved success in so many different fields. What themes or parallels have you seen in some of those people despite doing different things? What do those successful people, in your opinion, have in common? Man, I feel like I've got uh, one of the best jobs in the world you know, <laughs> to be able to... Um, you know, to run this, you know, I have to bring my A game every time. The consistent things that I see is exactly that, consistency. Yeah. Uh, everyone is busy, uh, so they understand that physically healthy and uh, using our training as, as being mentally healthy as well, de-stressing, is an important part of their overall definition of success. And so, um, so they prioritize it, they make time for it. So I think uh, one common theme th- throughout it all is that they want to have a dig quite driven in their own fields and they understand that uh, well they they make things happen and uh, you know yes they could be doing a lot of other things but uh, but they understand fitness benefits their overall productivity and well-being you know in the short term it's an inconvenience you know to get in the car drive down the road put your shoes and socks on etc etc but in the long term it's good for you a couple of people, uh, when I sort of reached out to them in anticipation of this catch-up today, uh, fired the question at me, and I think it's a good one because I think uh, it's, a, it's a tough uh, transition, one from being a professional athlete to settling into normal life, and a lot of people really battle with that. So you know, talk to us about your decision to retire as a professional athlete, and then how did you manage that transition? To answer your question directly, uh, it wasn't a smooth transition. Oh, really? No, yeah. not at all. No. Because uh, I've spent most of my high school, out of high school life, straight into uh, boxing. Uh, and then you have an, a, an image of yourself, which is I'm a, I'm a fighter or I'm an athlete. Uh, now what am I? And uh, you wrestle with that question all the time. And, uh, so in the short term, yeah, it was... Uh, it, it was uh, quite a difficult period uh, for me mentally what advice would you give that person now knowing what you know now so you're you're a bit uh, wiser and you've been through the journey yes what would you say to that person who's about to retire now well they have to put their energy into something with some purpose so what helped me immensely was uh, you know giving health and well-being to people through what I do here facilitating that gave me a sense of uh, sense of purpose so it took me a while to figure that out, but uh, but uh, to put your energy into something where others see value. So if you've got that experience, you know, it could be anything from showing a young kid how to uh, how to do something to uh, you know uh, taking it could be direct skills that you've learned from a sport or a uh, or an art or or, or a, and if you're you know, coming from uh, something with a different set of set of skills, or if you're a sportsman uh, transitioning into uh, daily life and want to do something totally different, it's just applying those same competitive uh, traits and the will to, to succeed into into other areas. I think, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. 
And it's a uh, fantastic answer uh, in so much as um, wrestling with that uh, identity. For so long, you were a fighter. Yeah. You're an athlete. That's who you were. That was your life. And then all of a sudden, uh, you're not. And, and who am I? Yes. And, and what's my identity? And I yes. think a lot of people struggle with that in many different aspects, whether it's a professional career, coming out of relationships, their identity all of a sudden is different. Um, but what I like most about that answer is you found a new purpose. Your purpose pre that was the next fight, the next belt, that was your purpose. Yes. Yeah, every day you got out of bed and no doubt that's what drove you. Now your purpose is helping people on their respective journeys and creating value, whether that's for children, for you know, corporate people for whoever, you know, people that are on their own journey, everyone's on a different journey. So you've, you've found a new purpose and obviously that uh, keeps you alive and, and keeps you energized, and which probably is a, a great transition to the next question from young Jack uh, Oliver, uh, a.k.a. Jackie Cham, so, um, who trains here as well. I asked him, what was the question for Coach Cyclone? And uh, he said, uh, what excites you every morning? But I think uh, what, what Jack was getting at is, you know, what motivates you to get out of bed every day? Yeah, well, uh, on the superficial level, it's providing for the family. But, uh, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy, if I didn't get paid for this, I thoroughly enjoy getting up nice and early, uh, coming in, uh, bringing value to people and having a laugh. We have such a great time and there's a lot of banter that goes on. And, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, not only is laughter the best medicine, but laughter and physical movement, I think, is a great <laughs> medicine. And uh, and we do that every morning. Just laugh and work hard. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think uh, two uh, two good combinations. Obviously, the endorphins and challenging yourself for moving forward, but not taking yourself too seriously as well. And I think that's definitely uh, the case. You always feel like you're, you're being challenged and, and you're working hard here, which is great, but uh, you always get the sense that it's not too serious either you know mm-hmm. i think that's a good combination and and i think some people must wonder because you start early you finish late you work extremely hard and some people must wonder how sustainable is that for for cycling at times i, I know i uh, have at times but i guess you're clear it's provided for your family first you're adding value and, and assisting people on their journey second yes. and you know the positive impact it's having on people um so therefore it's, it's sustainable and you, you do some other smart stuff around commitment to breaks with the family whether it's during the day or school holidays and that sort of stuff so i guess that all culminates in being a, a sustainable um operation for you yeah and like i said mate it's for, it's for now it's for the foreseeable future uh and i don't think uh, well what i've learned through my uh, professional athlete uh, being a professional athlete is that nothing lasts forever and so uh, so it's it's for now and it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea yeah now, um, through the research, again, I can't quantify whether or not this is uh, accurate, but I have had some uh, heads up that you consume some 12 eggs a day. Um, so I don't know if that's true or not true. I'm interested to understand why, but I think different people have different routines, rituals, practices to get the most out of themselves or their day. Yes. Uh, can you provide any insight into uh, rituals or practices you uh, have? And... Uh, is the common around 12 eggs true? Definitely, yeah. I, I love my eggs. Um, yeah. Anyway, you can get them. I usually like low maintenance, so I, uh, so I boil them. Yep. Uh, but these days, uh, my wife does a great job of uh, boiling the eggs as well. But, <laughs> uh, mate, physical movement in the morning is is definitely a, uh, 
a routine uh, habit of mine and constantly making space to um, uh, to reevaluate um, the chaos that's that's happening and seeing if they're you know, giving yourself space and time to think I think are two important rituals that I that I have uh, and uh, and 12 eggs in the morning mate is uh, is most mornings but uh, but something that uh, uh, that uh, you know I get, get my uh, morning protein in nice and early and uh, sets me up for the rest of the day I don't uh, you know I don't eat anything else with it so that's just one little quirk that I have <laughs> yeah I mean with the, I, I like the physical movement because I think that snaps you from sleep mode to right the day starting yes and you, what does that look like for you does it is it a um, bit of time on the bag is it some precepts what, what, what is that morning movement entail mate it's quite simple it's a uh, it's a uh, Basically, minimum of ten push-ups, minimum of ten squats, and a minimum of ten chin-ups, followed by uh, making sure that I physically work with people. That I'm not just standing stationary and barking orders. That I physically move and go through it with them. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Super simple, and you know, I think all of us could do that e- easily. In so much as the ten, 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 I think you know everyone can manage that in their day. I think that that's really, really good. What What about you? Talk about the time to reflect. And, and amongst all the chaos and busyness of life and, and whatnot, how do you find? How do you actually make time to reflect? Is that a, a consistent thing? Is it an ad hoc thing? What does that look like? Yeah, I try and I try and piggyback a lot of my time, mate, because um, like you, you know, everyone's uh, fitting in more and more into their day uh, these days, and, and especially with kids and, and running a business. So I like to make it a consistent. Effort, I'd say six days a week where I uh, would either walk or run my dogs and I just uh, I don't take my phone with me and I think about uh, either a, something an issue that's happening uh, uh, either immediately or, uh, or evaluate uh, where all the chaos is heading and if it's heading in the right direction Mate, I think that's perfect again something super simple but uh, just taking the dogs out a bit of fitness and uh, I think without the phone, without the interruption or yes. the presence of the phone, I think it allows you to disappear with your thoughts and try and process that. And uh, no doubt through that process, you, you're clear on, on uh, how to deal with some of the chaos and what yeah. the solution might be as opposed to get stuck in the chaos. Uh, I should also mention that I do it out in the, uh, out in the reserve in the bush as well. Yeah. So there's no machines and cars around. Yeah. Uh, it's, all, uh, it's all wild. Yeah. So, uh, so a lot of trees and walking up mountains and, and climbing, uh, you know, uh, different tracks and trails really helps. That's fantastic. Um, obviously, you're big not just about the the health and fitness, but also character development. And we've touched on some of this today already. Um, how much of of what you do do you think gives uh, people potentially a, an element of self worth or self identity, or just helps them, you know, with um, with uh, you know their own sort of self perception or anything like that. I mean, you talk about character development. What does that What does that mean? Yeah, to give a, to give an honest answer uh, to that, I don't know how much uh, character development they gain from my training. All I know is that I give as much as I can. And uh, what do you suspect people get from going on a journey? I mean, noting everyone's journey is a little bit yes. different, but what do you think maybe the common themes are of people who come here? Regularly, well, it's uh, showing up is uh, is the first thing that you acknowledge uh, because it's not easy just to get out of bed and or or to make time throughout your day. If it's in the afternoon session, if, uh, 
you know, and you've got a lot of pressing things happening. So getting there, congratulating people that they get there and it wasn't easy, uh, uh, number one. And using that to say, you know, follow up on other things where it's hard to make time for, but you've just got to make make time for it. And then, uh, you know, knowing that when people have goals, they've got to uh, sacrifice certain things and, and be narrow-minded uh, in certain areas. So, uh, you know, a lot of people want a six-pack and some massive arms, but, uh, but aren't willing to, uh, you know, uh, change their diet or, uh, or eat the right foods or do the right exercises. So, uh, you know, uh, guiding people, just reminding people uh, that they're making the right steps towards uh, their own development is, uh, is important. And all of that, all of that physical stuff really is a is a front for what we're really about here which is all about um just the resilience of character and uh and helping others do the same so anyone can do uh, a set of uh exercises in a hotel room they can do it anywhere but coming together as a community and doing it really does uh, sharpen others so it's that it's that community feel here that's a really good answer um and uh, I'll try and paraphrase it. I, I think definitely you set up the framework and environment to make those goals achievable. And I think the people, you know, and achieving those goals, you know, obviously probably uh, feel an element of satisfaction and fulfillment or, or proud of what they achieve in that regard. Um, but I think the other point you really make that really resonates to me, definitely feel like a sense of community. When, when you turn up here, there's a lot of familiar faces, a lot of good people, there's a lot of just random chats and and things that uh, happen outside of the gym because of the people you meet here. So I think not only have you got that framework and environment to achieve your fitness, health and, health and well-being or fitness goals, you build this network or community that there's peripheral value add other than just coming to, to train. Yeah, it's and I've definitely noticed that. Yeah, that's something I've been uh, a little bit more busy right lately, making uh, connections between uh, different people. And uh, it's great to see, it's just great to see people uh, that you work with get, get value from from other participants. Yeah, no, fantastic, mate. Um, I'm going to uh, have a bit of a crack. I know you'll find this uncomfortable, mate, defining uh, aspects of your character, and, and I'll just sort of shoot from the hip, and I'm sure that people who know you will or 110% uh, agree with me. I think you're incredibly humble, hardworking, selfless, committed, um, reliable, um, very unselfish in your approach. I think you're committed to helping people become the best version uh, of themselves. I think you're incredibly loyal. Um, you actually inspire me and I'm sure others to become a better version of myself just in the character that you portray and, and how you hold yourself. I guess a question for me is what or who has shaped your character over time? And I guess building on that, what is your vision uh, on the legacy you want to leave You know, with Nadine, your wife, uh, and, and your kids, uh, Amira and AJ? Oh, man, that's a powerful question. And, uh, <laughs> if you want to be really honest, you forgot to add uh, annoying, loud... <laughs> now, that's, that's yet to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You forgot to add all those things as yeah. well, mate. But, uh, okay, uh, man, I think experience, I think, you know, just as a... I remember even as a, as a kid growing up, if... That, that old saying, if you get lemons, you know, make lemonade, make tequila, all, all those things. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
you know, life circumstances have has shaped my uh, my character. And some people choose to see it and act differently, act out differently. Uh, uh, whether it's uh, you know, uh, be uh, take out addictive behaviors that are uh, unhealthy, or uh, you know, act out in a, in a different way. I've just chosen to uh, put my energy into something that uh, that where other people benefit from uh, as well. So that's. So there's no circumstances or person yeah, that guided you in a direction to choose that versus other, you know. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The fact that um, okay, uh, the fact that I've really wanted to learn uh, uh, boxing and overcome a few uh, mental hurdles as a young nineteen-year-old helped shape helped shape me. Um, moving away from uh, family at that time uh, into a city that uh, down in Sydney where I, I didn't know uh, anyone and just. Uh, you know, not getting much guidance, but but learning, uh, you know, on the run. Uh, those things have, have helped me. You learn hard hard lessons. You know, in terms of trust, in terms of work ethic, in terms of uh, uh, knowing the right people and uh, being around the right environment. Uh, you know what's unhealthy and, and not unhealthy. Um, I think, uh, and all those experiences uh, working down there as well. So uh, even though I had one goal to uh, become a better uh, fighter and better boxer there was all the, the auxiliary things that I needed to do to to achieve that so uh, things like uh, putting a roof over your head so you had to work uh, and that, that you know just menial tasks like sweeping the floor and cleaning toilets and uh, working in a uh, in a factory uh, environment uh, you know was uh, things that uh, yeah, helped shape uh, who I wanted to become I knew that I wasn't going to end up there uh, all I knew is that this is a, you know, for the time being and a stepping stone. Well, it sounds um, like you're big on maybe a vision of the future and your goals. And yes. that pulled you through. You know, some people cling to it, sweeping, you know, the factory is boring, monotonous, hard, but it didn't matter to you because it was a means to achieve your goal. Yeah, 100%. That always, uh, looking back on it, I, I would, if I went through it again, I would uh, make a conscious effort to, uh, to slow down and enjoy that moment a little bit more because uh, even though it was uh, very uh, tedious uh, work, I, I remember thinking to myself, oh, I hate this sort of stuff. I don't want to do it. I just want to get to training and, and train. But um, but uh, looking back, I should have, uh, I would have, uh, yeah, taken time to uh, just enjoy that uh uh, those things a little bit more because you know life now is such a 360 change you know uh, two kids family business to run and uh, and uh, lots of uh, things to do and agendas to to tick off well I congratulate you in that regard mate because I also understand rumour has it there might have been some nights uh, sleeping under the stars to sort of uh when you first went down there, perhaps to sort of make that all possible as a young person going to Sydney. So not many people, you know, sleep under the stars, clean toilets, do the factory uh, work to achieve their goals. So I think, you know, probably that sacrifice and commitment um, to do those hard yards, I think that's probably things I admitted uh, earlier. So I guess, you know, what what role model or, or what... Um, legacy do you want to leave or set for your kids like you're big you to me you're big on character no doubt and i believe that you know you might be 
too humble to state it. I'm going to ask you to move that to the side, but I'm sure that you're clear on who you want to be and what example you want to set for your kids. So what would you say to that? Yeah, I've got my kids to be healthy, functional members of society, and I just want my kids to be themselves, however they turn out to really be their honest selves, not a, not a mask, don't put on a mask of who they think they should be. Uh, and I want to encourage that, you know, so that, that would be a legacy uh, for them. And be around uh, to, to help them through their life. Mm. What my wife is about uh, communicating and sharing those experiences mm. through our, uh, you know, communication. Mm. Uh, my hours don't always allow me to be there at a, uh, at a conventional time. So, uh, so working through that and communicating, I think, is a big thing that holds us together. Again, mate, I think you do a wonderful job and, and, and I think a reminder for me and no doubt others, the importance of balancing all those commitments. But from afar, it seems like you do a, a great job of, uh, you know, keeping all those plates uh, spinning uh, between work and home life. So again, you, you challenged me to, to get better at some of those things, even just at a basic level, just the, the importance of communication, not only with the kids, but I think with your significant other. I think when you're busy and consumed with life and, and business, it's easy to maybe uh, lose sight of that. So I think you're doing a fantastic job. Um, moving forward to probably a pretty topical aspect as we move forward to, uh, you know, the upcoming fight between uh, Chuck Mundine and, uh, and the Hornet. Uh, you've obviously sparred with Chuck Mundine and uh, very close uh, now with uh, the Hornet. What's your take on who's going to win that, uh, that encounter and, and why? I mean, look, I think it's a great fight for Australia <laughs> overall. Uh, it's great for Australian uh, boxers. Almost like a handing down down the torch, you know, yeah. the baton to the next uh, crop. I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for Horn, despite what a lot of people think. Uh, I, I think it'll be uh, a, a tough fight. Uh, I think yeah, if either man wins, it's still it's still great. Uh, I do think Hornet should edge, uh, edge him out. But he's got to change tactics uh, and, and fight uh, differently to Harry Ford Crawford because uh, Mundy does know how to nullify angles and, and move on his feet uh, just that little bit better. But um, but I think uh, one of the things they've got going for them is they've made uh, Chopper's way. Knowing a, a bit or, or a great deal about their characters and their talent, you know, both fighters, what, what are the strengths of, of each fighter, just quickly? Uh, for Mundy, it's self-belief. Yeah. Yeah, just... Uh, complete and utter self-belief no matter who thinks what of him uh, and his, uh, his speed uh, and uh, he's quite hard to hit as well land a, a flush shot on despite what you think he, hands, he holds his hands down low he's got these great evasive skills uh, for Hornet it's, um, it's obviously his attack and his work rate uh, and his angles he just needs to know how to do that against a fighter that, uh, that is experienced knows how to slow the Play down and uh, and nullify a lot of uh, lot of angles. And despite his uh, pretty placid demeanour out of the ring, I'm I'm assuming he's a pretty tough sort of character as well. The Hornet, yeah, yeah as we've seen with the Pacquiao fighter, man, definitely would have been easy for that to go the other way. Yeah, I mean he's great for uh, for boxing in Australia uh, in general, and great uh, just a great sportsman and a great guy to have as a mate. Um, and yeah, quite a nice guy. We. When we catch up, it's very rarely about uh, about boxing. It's uh, a lot of uh, outside external stuff that we'll uh, laugh, joke, and talk about. But, uh, but yeah, he's a great, yeah, great guy. Who, uh, 
great model for young kids who are uh, wanting to be, um, you know, both a successful uh, sportsman and, uh, and, a, and a positive uh, impact on on society as well. What I say with uh, with Chop, he's, uh, you know, his sense of self belief and, and and how he talks in the in the public is is totally right for him. You know, it's not uh, everyone's cup of tea as well, but. Uh, you know, he is uh, not letting anyone stopping him from being who he is. So that's a good thing as well. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Obviously, self-belief, I think, is an important attribute of anyone, you know, despite how that sort of manifested. Um, and he obviously Chock's talented, but I think, you know, obviously uh, Hornet is a great example of what boxing can do to people and characters. Yes. You know, everyone, I think, it's widely reported that, he was bullied and, and may have had some self-worth uh, or, or confidence, you know, issues that maybe well, he took up the sport in the first place and, and it's gone on to turn him into the individual he is today. So I think uh, a great uh, uh, boxing is a good example of, of how it can really transform and, and add to people in a positive fashion. Um, and like I say, great, great humble role model. So appreciate your insights here today, mate. I mean, congratulations on what you've achieved and in, in sport and in life thus far and, and I know for certain that uh, there'll be some bright things in front of you mate so I really appreciate you taking the time to share your journey and uh, congratulations thank you thank you mate and keep uh, inspiring uh, people around and, and spreading your magic as well thanks mate